Hi, and welcome to another episode of Going With The Float. My name is Abby, and I am your host. If you haven't already, grab your favorite root beer, some ice cream, and your favorite fuzzy blanket, and let's get going with the float. This week, we're going to be talking about only two movies. I know last week we talked about eight different ones. These movies are a pair. Pardon me. Um, we're going to be talking about the Avatar movies. A co-worker of mine um, asked me to review the second one, and I was like, you know what? I haven't seen the second one, so why not? So, I have rules about movies. Let me just preface that. So, I can't just do one movie. I have to watch both. But I definitely think it's always important anyway, at least when reviewing, to do both movies in the set if you're going to do the second one. That way we get a good start on the first one, with the first one, and then the second one will make a little bit more sense, right? So the the first movie, um, the very first thing that I noted, if you've seen Friends and you've seen Avatar, then you might know where I'm going with this. The corporate guy in Avatar, you know, the one that is in charge and is pushing the money aspect of everything, Phoebe's brother on Friends, you know, the one that she, that asks her to have, to carry his babies, not have his babies, carry his babies. I was like, oh, I know that face. I do that with all movies. Um, when I recognize an actor, I'm like, oh, hey, that's from this. Or I IMDB it if I can't figure out where they're from, but I'm like, mm, I know that face. Where have I seen it before? Sometimes it just is a familiar face. But starting off with the plot, we have the the main character. His name is Jake Sully. He is going to this new planet, um... Because Earth has supposedly died or, you know, we've destroyed, humanity has destroyed the Earth. And his twin brother, who was a scientist, who has since died, they have recruited Jake, they've sort of recruited Jake, to take his brother's place. Even though Jake is a Marine, he's in a wheelchair, he doesn't have the use of his legs, which plays an important role in the beginning of this movie, at least. And... So he goes, he takes the place of his brother to be in his brother's avatar, essentially. And his job then was to create a kind of relationship with the alien race on that planet. The planet is called Pandora, and the people, the aliens are called Navi. And so his job was to kind of just become... Well, do research with Dr. Grace, who is played by Sigourney Weaver, by the way. And he ends up getting split off from the humans, essentially. And while he's in this avatar body, and he does develop this relationship with the Navi. And he falls in love with one of the with one of the the Navi, one of the blue people. And while he is supposed to be doing that, he's also supposed to be figuring out what they want in order to get them to leave the area that they call their home so that the humans can get this 
rock, I believe, that apparently means money to the humans. Now, the scientists, of course, do not care about that. They're more interested in the Navi and the building a relationship with them and actually learning about them and and everything. The Marines and the corporate people, they don't care, right? They want the rock, they want the money, they want to do their job and get out type thing. Or just create, keep creating more money. Now, that's all well and dandy, right? <laughs> Except Sully, while he's developing this relationship and he's supposed to play this kind of double agent for the colonel and and the corporate guy, and while reporting back to Grace as well, he's got these video diaries, essentially. it's They've got to keep track of everything. And when Grace decides we need to split off and be separate from them because, well, I know what the separate mission is, I still, it doesn't make sense to me why they still record because it's kind of like, well, don't you realize that everyone back on base is going to be seeing those videos and they're going to know what Jake is saying? Like, come on, be smart here. But they're not. They are, but they're not. Um, so anyway, he ends up not being able to follow through on the double mission. Surprise, surprise, right? Well, which I, which I never, I never understand in stories. Well, obviously as part of the story, but I'm, we write that these double, these double agent characters, and I'm always like, how do you not see coming that when somebody is playing a double agent, they're not loyal to anybody, so they're always going to screw somebody, right? Somebody's going to get the raw end of the deal at some point. Whatever. That's neither here nor there, there at this point, technically. So, he ends up falling through on the marine end of the thing, uh, of the deal. And because he falls in love with a Navi and he does not want to destroy their land, he wants to preserve it. Like a good person would. Uh, so, I want to take some moments to point out things that I saw in the movie, of course, right? I want to point out, well, first off, when I first watched this movie, I was about 14 years old. That's when I, I was 14 when it came out. Um, and I loved this movie so much. I thought the world building was incredible, which I still, still think. I, if you, I know it's CGI, which I guess now we would just call artificial intelligence, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, I love the CGI work. I love the creativity that they put into this completely new world. And I wish to some degree it were real so that I could go and see it and experience it. Anyway, anyway, um, but watching it at, a, at the age of 14 and then watching it again at the age of 28 it's a completely different experience. It's a completely different perspective that I have now. And that is natural. You watch, you rewatch movies and shows and you pick out things that you didn't notice the last time or the very first time, at least, when you watched through it, right? 
my mom and I have watched Knives Out probably a thousand times, and if not a thousand times, close to it. And each time, we pretty much find something new with that movie, whether it's in the background or just pointing out something new that's our favorite thing. We love that movie way too much. I don't think there's a way too much. Anyway, when it comes to movies and shows. But anyway, so moving on, I definitely saw things in a different perspective this time around. And one of the things that I noticed was how similar is it to just history repeating itself in a way? I mean, you know, Columbus comes into, it it comes in, discovers the new world, and humanity does what humanity does, right? And it pushes out the natives, and if they, because they're like, you know what, if you're not going to convert to our ways, then we're just going to take over anyway, and we're going to take care of you in not a take care of you kind of way. We're going to handle you in the way that we know best, right? Well, in a way, that's what this is too. They come in, they try to build a relationship, but they don't really care about the people, and so they push them out or kill them, essentially. History repeats itself, even though I know this is just a fictional movie. But you get the point. Um, the, now, the rock that they're looking for. I remember I hadn't watched this movie in a few times. In a few times, oh my goodness. I hadn't watched this movie in a while. And when I heard that there was a second one coming out, uh, I was working at an ER at the time. And I was working an overnight shift. And two of the guys that I was working with that night, they were talking about it. And they pulled up one of the videos for it. And they were talking about The Rock. And when I watched it this time around, I was like, wow, that is ironic. Um, the rock that they're looking for is called unobtainium. Now, what do you think is going to happen? They're not going to be able to obtain it. It's literally called unobtainium. I cannot obtain it. Hey, I'm okay. But seriously, unobtainium, you couldn't come up with another word. It's literally what the guys were talking about. And I was like, wow. Yeah. You know what? That is really dumb. And I feel like this movie did get a... I enjoyed it as a 14-year-old, and then as I grew up, I heard so many people did not like this movie. Of course, I'm sure there was lots of people that did like it, because why would it get a second movie if people didn't like it, right? Um, but a lot of people that I knew, I it sounded like they did not like it, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to just have my opinion over here. Whatever. It is a little... Eh as an adult, I still enjoy it, but I'm like, okay, this is, I don't know how I feel about this now. Seeing it in a new light, right? Um, but anyway, unobtainium. Cannot obtain. <sighs> so, <laughs> in the very beginning of the movie, Sully gets into the new, into this avatar, right? And, you know, they want it to be a slow process. They want him to get to know his avatar make sure everything is okay, make sure that the avatar itself that they've created is, mm, it works properly, I guess, because it is, they've created it just solely based off of science, essentially, um, instead of, I mean, everything is created by science, right? But 
um, what is the word? They're, they, they, they created, created the avatar themselves instead of having the Navi create it essentially. Right. So they want to make it a slow process, get to know, have him get to know his avatar and make sure it's working properly. Except he is fascinated by this avatar that he's in. He can feel his toes. I told you, he is, he, he doesn't have the use of his legs. And he can feel his toes. He can stand up. And so he rips all the leads off that he has on. And he busts out the back door. And he starts running and using his legs for the first time in, honestly, I don't, it, I, it doesn't tell us. So the first time in a very long time. Well, yeah, very long time because at the beginning of the movie, it does say that he was asleep for six years on the flight to to Pandora from Earth or wherever he's coming from. And it's kind of funny because at the end of that run, he sees Dr. Grace in her avatar and she takes a fruit and she throws it to him even though she does not like him. She She tells him, I don't need you. I need your brother. I don't need another Marine. She says another gun, gun happy, trigger happy Marine, whatever. But she's like, I need a scientist. I need a brain. And so she doesn't like him. But then when she's in her avatar, she treats him like anybody else. She, she treats him well and she tosses him this fruit. And you know what it reminded me of? Harry Potter. You're not allowed to do all these things. Oh, Harry, go ahead. Do what you want, buddy. A thousand points to Gryffindor, right? <laughs> How do you find Griffin? How do you find Dumbledore? McGonagall will tell you. Thirty points to Slytherin. A thousand points to Harry Potter! That's basically how it goes, right? <laughs> anyway. It just, it's kind of funny because she's like, uh, you need to follow the rules and you're not following them. Oh, hey, here's a fruit. Enjoy that body. That sounds really weird. Anyway, so moving on, I wonder if Sully agrees to being a double agent with the colonel to, let's see, um, so he can feel like a Marine again. He doesn't have the use of his legs and... I'm wondering if it's kind of this, not to feel like a Marine again, because I've watched NCIS numerous times, and Gibbs always says there's no such thing as an ex-Marine. And any Marine will tell you that. There is no such thing as an ex-Marine. But, you know what I mean. To feel alive again, to feel needed again, especially in a way that he knows how to be. He doesn't know how to be a scientist. He knows how to be a Marine, though. Even if he doesn't have the use of his legs naturally. Um, so I wonder if he agrees to being the double agent for the colonel so that he can feel like a Marine again instead of being a fake scientist in a way. Um, another thing that I noticed in this movie, which my question does get answered later on, are all avatars, oh, sorry, are all Navi just, do they just have one body type? Male and female, you can only tell the difference between male and female just slightly because the male's bodies are just slightly a little wider than females, which 
technically isn't accurate for humanity. Now, I get it. It's a different alien race. It's a different race. It's not, you know, whatever. But you know what I mean? Like, we all, they're, they're all just skinny. And all the women just don't have breasts. I mean, literally, they get away with having practically nothing on their chest because I don't have any breasts. I don't... They all look the exact same. The only difference you can tell between Navi, between male and female, is the hair, essentially. I mean, obviously, a little bit of the the facial structure because that is CGI'd enough to make it look close enough to the actor who's playing that Navi. Anyway. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Norm, Norman, another um, scientist in the group who, when we first meet him, he treats Sully really well. He's the first one, other than the Marines and the corporate guy, he is the first one that treats him nice, like he's just another person, um, and like he's actually meant to be there, right? Well, we see a difference when Sully gets separated from the group and he starts to build a relationship with the Navi, Norman gets jealous. I wonder why. Oh, because he wanted to be the one to build the relationship with the Navi. And then he starts treating Sully like he's nothing. Like, well, not nothing, but he he gets really jealous. And it's kind of funny to see, but it's also like, buddy... Aren't we all supposed to be a team? Apparently not. Especially since some of us are, some of them are just there for money. (laughs) Anyway. Again, I love that world building. I made this note specifically when we're, when it's the point where he is going to, I don't know exactly what they, they're called. I can't remember. But when he is going up in those, in the Hallelujah Mountains, I guess that's what they're called. Um, but he's going to, um, you know, pair himself essentially with this animal and all, you've got these floating rocks and mountains or whatever. And it is just incredible. Incredible, right? I just, mm, I'm okay. <laughs> um... So, at the, at the, closer to the end of the movie, when the Marines and the corporate end have decided, you know what, we're just going to take this by hook or by crook, right? We're going to go in, we're going to shove them out, we're going to kill them if they're not going to move. And so they're all, they're flying to go to this, this tree where the rock is, under, the rock is underneath it. The unobtainium is underneath this tree, right? And this tree is Awa, or sort of. It's their way of connecting to Awa, which is, Awa is their deity. And so, and that's where their, the entire, well, this culture of the, the Navi, this, um, not culture, they're this tribe of the Navi live. Um, and so they're, they're going, they're flying in and suddenly, you know, it becomes this battle, which 
It was going to, but it becomes a battle sooner than the Marines were thinking it would, right? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just have very difficult... I have difficulty believing fight scenes in movies. I love a good fight scene. But sometimes I'm like, yeah, that's not accurate. Because nobody, nobody would react that quickly after being hit. Sully, in his avatar body, throws this missile into one of the um, propellers, essentially, and that propeller blows up. And the colonel just responds as if it's nothing. Even though he's just so close to that propeller, that propeller, that explosion. And I'm like, dude, no, you would have been down for the count. You would have been out. And yet he's just like, oh, yeah, no, shake it off. Nothing. Is that a marine thing? Haha, ha, no. It's a fake thing. I'm okay. <laughs> and, and I see that throughout a lot of different movies. Sometimes they respond a little differently. Like when Jason Bourne at the end of the, yeah, the first Bourne movie, when he falls down the stairs, yes, he uses another body as um, this buffer, but even then, he has to take a moment and is like, yeah, that just happened. I can't move. That's a little more accurate, except the fact that he gets up and starts walking. I think it would have taken me more than just a minute. Maybe. Probably would have taken me a good three days. In the hospital bed. Whatever. Um, so sometimes things are not believable, right? And I get it. It's fiction. Whatever. But make it somewhat believable. <sighs> so... The colonel is very frustrated at Sully. And he fight they 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 have a fight scene together. Um and I'm just the colonel says, "How does it feel to betray your own race?" And I just want to say to the man, "You know, humans have been doing that all of eternity uh, all of eternity, all of all of li the, the all of time. There we go." We've done that over and over and over again. And you want to say you're betraying your race? Then why did you, why are you part of the problem of killing Earth? Why are you going to go and destroy another place just for what you think is your own benefit? When Sully is trying to, he goes and he tries to appeal to Awa. And he talks about how the humans destroyed the green on their world, destroyed their planet. Why does humanity think that they'll do better with another planet instead? We already destroyed ours and we did nothing. And yet, yeah, let's go take over another one. Yeah, let's see how that works. And destroy the people that are already there while we do it. Whatever. It's fine. We'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. So anyway, at the end of the movie, I, I was thinking, alright, cool, yeah. This rounded out real well. The colonel's dead. We don't need a second movie. There's a second movie. Avatar The Way of the Water. 
okay. So when I started that one, as I my very first response was, let. And not W-H-A-T. I mean W-U-T. Let. Why was it needed? Why? Why do we need a second one? Also, why is the colonel alive again? Oh, let's see. Because we created an avatar for him and placed his memories in there. Excuse me? What? What? I just... What? Okay, fine. Whatever. Even if he did die... Even... even, even, Not even if he did die. Because he did die. Even if they did create an avatar for him and put his memories in him, in that avatar, the colonel would not have wanted to be in that avatar. He... He didn't like the Navi people. Why do you think he would have been okay if you'd put his memories in in one of their bodies? No, he wouldn't have. He would have been very angry. But whatever. Let's continue with the story, right? <sighs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, they're explaining what's going on, the progress that's being made in the second one at the beginning of the second one right and you see all of the you see these train tracks and all these things and they're like yeah we made a lot of progress more progress than you all made in 30 years than and we've done it in one again i say what i do not it's not oh yeah no suddenly technology is incredible after 30 years and yet we can do everything within a year excuse me That makes no sense. Technology may be great, and however many years in the future, yeah, cool, whatever. No. No, 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 no. That is not how that works. No. But okay. Moving on for the sake of the story. Grace died, right? Grace- Spoiler alert. So sorry. If you have not seen the first one, Grace dies. But you did choose to listen to this, so that's kind of on you. Not really, I never said that there wouldn't be spoilers. I never said that there would be spoilers, but here we are. Okay, cool, moving on. Grace died at the end of the first one. They placed her body with her avatar, her Navi avatar body with Awa to see if Awa would put Grace into her Navi avatar then. What was left of her soul or body or whatever. And it didn't happen. Awa chose not to, right? And yet, we find out, in the beginning of the second one, that Grace is frickin' pregnant? Excuse me? Excuse me. I do not understand. Did you just want Sigourney Weaver to come back for this movie? Because I get it. Sigourney Weaver. Cool. Amazing. Yes. But really? Really? This is what you decided to do? Okay. Whatever. Again, I say, moving on for the sake of the story. I'll just bypass that. No, literally, I'm not kidding. Like, she, her avatar is in this tube, like the avatar, the avatars were at the beginning of the first one. And she's there, her avatar body is there, and it shows that she's pregnant at one point. And they literally keep her avatar as like, what, a souvenir? And her daughter comes back to the, the, her, her, her Navi daughter, because she has a Navi daughter. 
Because, well, it was an avatar body that was pregnant. Excuse me? I'm okay. And her daughter comes back to this base and is like, hi, mom. And I'm like, okay, this is just, this is what? What? I don't understand the logic that this movie has. Moving on. We're good. Except we're not good. Because the colonel had a kid? Where was that in the first one? Where where did they put that in the story? Except they didn't. That is why I am so confused again. There's so many confusing things about this. They, they, I'm okay. It is the wackest plot I have seen in a while. And don't ask me what the wackest one I have seen is because I, no, I know, mixed nuts. Steve Martin, what was it, 80s? I think it was 80s. Steve Martin, Rita Wilson, oh, what's her name from Clue? I can't think of the actress's name. There's, there's just, it's, it's, anyway, that plot makes no sense. There is no plot to that movie. Anyway, this is the wackest plot I've seen in a while. So anyway, while they're going through explaining all of these different things, they see you see that one of the humans is outside breathing the air of just Pandora. Which makes no sense because the colonel's kid, whose name is Spider, by the way. Spider. Technically it's a nickname. But Spider. Let's focus on that for a moment. Spider. Who the heck wants a nickname of Spider? Ronald Weasley sure doesn't. And neither would I. Oh my goodness. Creepy crawlies. Oh my goodness. Okay. We're okay. We're okay. Oh, there's that nightmare coming back. Okay. We're good. We're good. Have a sip of root beer. Well, root beer float. Anyway. Oh man, I'm gonna have nightmares tonight. That's great. That's... Okay. So Spider, the colonel's kid, he wears the mask everywhere except for inside, right? Because that's where oxygen is. The the oxygen that the that the humans can breathe. But the Navi can't really breathe oxygen for very long at least. But there is this one human, while she's, this new colonel, essentially, who is walking around explaining everything to the colonel's avatar um, when we meet that the colonel is sort of alive again. And yet he is wearing a mask outside, or breathing in the, what I, and I'm like, I don't understand how it flipped. But then it didn't flip in a way because it I, that was it, the oxygen the breathing that is it's very confusing to me <laughs> what part of the movie isn't this is <laughs> this is all within the third the first 30 or 45 minutes of the movie and it's a three-hour movie three hours three inter- two intermissions right but again, the world building in this movie is incredible. 
Um, so I haven't even, we haven't even gone over the plot of this one. I apologize. So the plot of this one is, you know, the Colonel, like I said, has come back, except he's not back, but he's back and he wants revenge on Sully naturally. So Sully finds out that, um, they're after him, the Marines are after him again. And so he takes his family of four kids well, three and Grace's daughter that that he and um, his Navi wife have adopted. And they go on the run. He is the chief of this tribe, of this Navi tribe. And he says, you know what? We gotta leave. We gotta go hide and all these things. And so he gives up being chief to this tribe. And his wife, of course, has this very difficult time with it. Well, yeah, th- these are his, her people. And of course, the kids have a difficult time with that because they're they they are their people as well. They are there are there lots of theirs. Figure out that one. They're there and there. <laughs> Whatever. Um so they go on the run and they go to this water tribe. And they hide out there. And they appeal to them. They say, we're on the run. We we need uh, sanctuary and we will learn your ways, right? Because it's a different kind of tribe. The, the Navi tribe that he's come from, he and his family have come from, is forest-based, right? And they're now going to this water culture. So they have to learn their ways because it's different and all these things. So they do. It's about learning the new ways and all of these things. And again, I love the world building because one, I may be a mountains and forest girl myself, but I do love me some ocean. Humpback whales and blue whales are my favorite. Just so you know. But I do love mountains and forests. But it's a very drastic change from jungle, because this is jungle, not necessarily forest, jungle to water, ocean. And the, oh, I'm okay. The world building that they do for this one as well is just as incredible. I love it. They have their own kind of humpback whales. And man, they, mm, some things I probably shouldn't say just so that you can develop, like you can experience it for the first time that yourselves but I did make a note about it so we're going to spoiler alert (laughs) and I kind of tripped up on that word but anyway spoiler alert they can they have a sign language sort of with their humpback whales and it's incredible they can have full-on conversations with humpback whales I'm okay freaking humpback whales man I would love to do that. And they swim with them. They swim with them. They swim with all of the ocean life. And it is, I'm okay. If I could go live in the ocean, I would. Okay, so moving on. Not moving on because how cool would it be to... Because you know humpback whales, they have their seasons of they're in this realm and then they're in this realm. One for existing and one for mating. And so this, when we see them, 
the their humpback their versions of humpback whales come and it's like catching up with friends that you haven't seen in a while and it's amazing truly i am okay i'm okay so anyway the marines are trying to find sully I forgot I was on the plot part again. <laughs> um, the Marines are trying to find Sully, and they're they're going through different tribes finding him. The Colonel is, in a way, learning the way of the Navi so that he can infiltrate a little better and whatnot. But he's kidnapped Spider, and Spider has kind of, in a way, developed this relationship with him but also not because he has this deep relationship with the Navi people even though he's human and I don't know if I mentioned that earlier spider is actually human because it was the colonel and a human woman that did the thing right and so he's human well I did kind of mention that because he can't breathe Navi air, Pandora air. He's got this mask on all the time unless he's inside. So anyway, moving on. Um, I have said that way too many times this episode. I apologize. I get sidetracked a lot. If you couldn't tell, right? So he's kidnapped Spider in a way. He's taken him hostage, but he's, he's made an emotional appeal to him and Spider has kind of like, yeah, okay. But... He also feels very conflicted throughout the entire movie. He's helping the colonel and the marines and everything, but he's also like, but these are my family. These are my friends. These are the people that I have known my entire life when all I've known you to be is a jerk. I didn't know you for most of my life, but all I've known of you is that you tried to kill the people that I have developed as a family. And I don't like that. And... It's a little difficult as well because the colonel is only an avatar. It's not the real colonel, you know? Anyway, so there's that. So Spider is helping the Marines to find Sully and his family again. Um, and that's the plot. Do they or do they not find Sully's family? Duh. And then there's another fight scene with Sully and the Colonel. And they're strictly avatars this time, Navi. But my question is, if Sully killed the Colonel, which I will not say if he does or does not, but if he did, what would be the point? What They created this avatar and put his memories in it. Wouldn't they just keep doing that until they found a way to actually kill Sully and just kill off all the Navi or whatever? It does not make sense. The story would be never-ending, right? Right. I, do, I just don't understand the point of that because you could have a thousand movies then. And please, 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 please do not do that because we need new stories, different variations. I mean, yeah, this one is a little bit different than the first one. This is... A lot more confusing than the first one. A lot of what? <laughs> I, can't, I can't stop saying that now. I just... I don't know. 
that that's my biggest question of the entire movie is what would be the point if they killed the colonel he would just keep coming back and if they do let him live wouldn't he just keep coming back anyway <laughs> sorry that was not my biggest question my biggest question this is my last <laughs> this is my last note that i made my big question how does spider's oxygen mask never run out yeah sometimes he doesn't have it on when he's inside but it is a very very small oxygen pack that he is carrying with him just something that he can carry on his waist and it never ever runs out how does that make sense you can you can have all the confusing things in this movie that there are right all of them and that one is my biggest pet fee pet peeve you, the, is it just kind of like a water filter you know it converts the o2 of pandora into breathable o2 for him is that what it is because that would make a little more sense. And, you know, it is futuristic. And so technology could do something like that. Maybe. I doubt it, but maybe. But how does his oxygen tank never run? Sorry. Pack run out. Because it ain't. It, it is not a, a tank. It's a freaking pack. And he looks like Tarzan the entire movie. I kid you not. He looks like Tarzan. Might as well be. If Disney didn't have a copyright on that, they probably would have called him Tarzan. Well, that is all I have for this episode. I should mention that overall, I did enjoy these movies, both of them. Um, I know it sounded like I didn't really enjoy the second one, but overall I did. I have a feeling it's going to be the next movie I am fixated on. It happens. Um, but as for now, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. While you wait for the next episode, head on over to the to Instagram and give us a follow at Going With A Float. Leave a comment or send us a message about what you think we might be reviewing next or what you would like to hear reviewed. Technically one and the same, right? Um, you'll also get some camper feed, my three-and-a-half-year-old golden boy. He is the cutest, but uh, then again, I am a biased dog mom, aren't we all? Um, and then this week while you're out, grab some root beer, some ice cream, and we'll get going with the float. <laughs>